Hello, my name is Shireen Jordan and welcome to Tea and Tonic. This podcast is about giving my guests from all different creative industries the chance to tell us about how they got to where they are today, while we both sip a tea or perhaps something a bit stronger with the tonic. It's a chance for those affected by the lasting impact of lockdown, feeling unsettled, the opportunity to chat, because talking is, as the saying goes, just the tonic. I hope you enjoy it with a beverage in hand. It's Sunday the 28th of June 2020, and my guest today is owner of UK Film Academy in the South, Louisa Hart. Louisa has been running her film school for youngsters for 15 years now, after graduating with a BA Honours in Acting from the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts in London. UK Film Academy is an independent film school for students aged 5 to 18 years old, where they can hone their TV and acting skills during term time, through classes and workshops after school and during the holidays. And all students have the opportunity to take Lambda exams in acting and musical theatre. It brings me great joy to say hello this afternoon to Louisa. Hello. Hello, Shireen. Thank you so much for agreeing to chat to me today because I know that you're about to cook a roast, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so what drink have you got in hand this afternoon? I've just got my um, green tea. Very nice. I'm just on the uh, lockdown kind of like cleansing now. I'm very impressed and I like the uh, mug as well. <laughs> Thank you. It's a cat with it. It's actually it's actually my daughter's mug, to be honest. <laughs> That's the excuse. <laughs> right. I'm going to get straight in because we've got so much to talk about and you've okay. got a roast to cook. Where did your passion for acting and drama come from? Because I remember you at school being really into it then. So did you always know it was something you wanted to do? I think when I was little, it it started off really, I was obsessed with The Wizard of Oz and I wanted to be Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. And I think that my nan was really into singing and things like that. And she used to let me watch all of the musicals. Apart from The King and I, she didn't tell me that The the King dies in The King and I. And um, when I went to watch it as an adult, I was absolutely traumatised because as a kid, she used to make me watch the film and she used to say, oh, granddad missed off the recording and in the end they get married. When I went to watch it as an adult, I was like, no, no, no. No, no. So that spurred you on then to think perhaps I could carve a career out of this. Yeah, I just used to love it. I just used to love like watching like theatre shows and, and, and films and stuff when I was little. I just wanted to be in that world. I went to see Phantom of the Opera and I was really quite young with my nan and I just I just loved it. So I just think it's that kind of, I don't know, kind of getting away from yourself and being someone else, I think. Did you know when you were a teenager that you were quite good at acting, that it was a craft you were going to follow? I think that um, when I was at school, I wasn't that academic, so I wasn't very good at other things. So it was I was quite lucky that the school, they did encourage me to be good at something, and there was a lot of opportunities to do stuff, and it was the only thing, really, that I did at school that I felt I did well. So I think that kind of like, you know, spurs you on that that's what you want to do really. But I just love it. I just loved it. I just love being on the stage. You know, you want people to like you. It's just, it's just, I just love it. And you did lots of acting outside of school, didn't you? As well as dancing and singing. 
Yeah, when I was younger, there wasn't a lot. I mean, you went to the same thing as me, Shireen, didn't you? Sanders Theatre School. When we were younger, there wasn't really like, I mean, obviously I run a youth theatre. Now there's loads and loads of youth theatres. But I was growing up, really, the only thing you could really do was Lambda exams. Mm. So there wasn't a lot of like, youth theatre and stuff like that around. But now there's a lot, isn't there? But there wasn't really when we were kids. What did your parents say when you said, I want to apply to drama school at, you know, 17? You know, my parents were fine with it. They were just glad that I had something that I was wanted to focus on. So they were quite happy, really, to support me in that. I never had any problems in that direction because, as I said, I wasn't really any good at anything else. Well, you more than made up for being good at acting, singing and dancing. How many auditions did you have to do to get into um, Aura, the Academy of Live and Recorded Arts? Because you went at 18, which is extremely young and, and back then was really unusual to get in first time. You'd have to do three auditions to get in. So the first one you do like a speech, you have to do a Shakespeare speech and a song. And then uh, if you get through to that bit and they invite you there for the day and then you go there for the day and you get to sort of do everything in the day, like with a group of people that have gone through the first round. And then after that, I think you have an interview with the head mistress at the time and then you kind of get in from there. So it was quite a long process. And did you only audition for one drama school? When I did it, some of them didn't let you in when you were 18. They wanted you to be older. Mm -hmm. So I only auditioned for um, Aura, and I auditioned for Rose Bruford as well. We had to do some written course with that, so it was more of a, it was less practical. So I didn't go there. I went to Aura as well, because they did like TV and stuff as well, while Rose Bruford was mainly theatre-based. I mean, it's so hard to get in now, but I remember, I mean, I auditioned for about six or seven drama schools at 17 and didn't get into any. I don't think I even got... No. And I didn't get past the first round for any. And I remember hearing from your younger sister, who I'm good friends with, that you'd, you know, got a place. And it just, it seemed to me so easy. You just absolutely walked it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why, but I, mean, I didn't try, like, the Rose Bruford one was um, not as brutal as the um, Aura one, because it was quite a long process. Did you have huge amounts of confidence when you went no. to 18? No, not, re- not really, but I just, I think that I was pretty determined that that's what I wanted to do, and I, and I, I mean, I did do quite well in my GCSEs in the end, but I didn't get very good A-level results, so I, I knew that I, it was the only option really. So I was pretty, I was pretty determined, and I did do a lot of work and a lot of research on, on like different speeches and things like that of what you should do to get in, because I think a lot of people do the same speech and things like that. Mm-hmm. I did struggle. I was quite lucky because dancing is not my best point. And I was quite lucky. Uh, um, I mean, at Rose Bruford, there wasn't a dance audition. At Aura, you could choose. So at the Aura audition, you could do like a speech and you could sing, or you could do a speech and do a dance. So luckily, I didn't have to do any dancing. So you go to drama school to do a three-year yeah. BA Honours in acting yeah. in London. What was that like? You're away from home, like lots of young people I know that go to uni, but you're in a quite a competitive industry from the get-go. Yeah, it's it's. I think that going to drama school is, is different to going to university because a lot of my friends were at years out or at university and, and also as well drama school most of the, the, the people there were quite a bit older than me they were 21 which obviously when you're 18 is quite a big 
age difference. So I found that quite hard. It was a little bit of a shock. And you're there from like half past eight in the morning, you have to be there till six o'clock at night. So it's very long hours. And it's a very intense experience, especially in the first year. So you don't really get a lot of time to kind of socialise outside of drama school. Whereas I think that university is obviously you have your lectures and you work hard, but some universities only like six hours a week, isn't it? Mm. So there wasn't a lot of socialising and things like that there. It, it was very much like, you know, you did your, you know, your warm-ups and everything in the morning. It was a very strict routine. The third year is not as bad because you do your shows and you do your showcases, but the first year is definitely quite tiring. Did you enjoy the three-year process? Um, it's difficult now because obviously looking back at, at the time, I, I, I certainly found it very difficult the first year. But I think that in the second and the third year, I did enjoy the last year at drama school. But the first year, I found it really difficult because I was quite young. It's quite difficult being away from home. People were, you know, a lot older than me. It was not easy. But I think that once I, you know, got into it, I've been there a while, I did enjoy the last year, but I wouldn't say that the first year, I'd say it was pretty tough. And I remember you said to me, again, decades ago, that you knew film and telly was going to be something that would become even more popular as time went on. Are you glad that you had that training at drama school as well as the stage side of things? I am, but the only thing is, what I would say about television and and what I found is, obviously, I I did go on and do some shows, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but with television, they did give us a certain amount of training at Aura, but when you leave to get a role or a main role in TV, they expect you to be in TV before, so really, obviously, we did do that training there, but there wasn't a lot of benefit of doing that when we came outside of it because in the real world they don't kind of take that as you having experience in it. And so when you came out of the three years did you get an agent quickly? Were you getting lots of auditions and then work? I was quite lucky so we did like a showcase which you do in the West End then it was like before the internet so you put all your pictures out and they pick your photographs they invite people and then you can see like how popular you are, how many pictures have been taken of you and things like that. I was quite lucky because I did get an agent from the showcase, but there was only three of us that did. I forget that this is the time before Instagram and Twitter and social media. Tell me that their auditions are based on like, so if they've got loads of Instagram followers and things like that, it's easier for them to get on the television. Well, as obviously there wasn't anything like that. It was literally like just sending off your photos. What I would say is I was quite proactive about that, about inviting people to the showcases. So I sent off like probably hundreds of letters to hundreds of agents, hundreds of casting directors in the post with your like six by eight black and white shot. And I invited them to the show, which is what you were encouraged to do. And obviously then they decided to come along. And I had one... Uh, person he was a director and that and he came to watch you do shows at drama school and then you have the one in the in the west end as well and I had somebody that did come and watch me in quite a few before they make a decision so you finish drama school you get an agent did you think this is it I'm gonna get my big break this is gonna happen uh yeah I, I was quite pleased like I think that when they said that they were gonna take me on I do remember that moment and thinking that it was like I, I was just so so excited that I, you know, that I got somewhere and that I was going to get something. And then obviously they 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 put me in like um, 
they managed to put me in things it's called a swing so I couldn't like because I hadn't done a lot so I did like uh, understudying for quite a few bits and pieces in the West End which is how they kind of introduce you into the industry mm-hmm. so I was quite lucky in the fact that I started doing that but again I was very young still and they were all a lot older than me and it was not what I thought that was going to be either that was quite hard and I was desperate as well to come back to Southampton London so it was um it it was so you were conflicted because you wanted to do well and and take these parts you know as part of the swing in the West End but also you were homesick yeah I was homesick yeah I was very homesick and it was and it's hard and I remember one director he found out that I'd gone back to Southampton and I was nearly late. He went absolutely ballistic. He was like, Louise, you cannot go back to Southampton. You might not get here on time. And uh, I, I just, I don't know, I'd been, I'd been away for home so long, Shireen, that it was, it was nice to be back home where I felt a bit safer. They say that, you know, London can be one of the loneliest places to be, as well as one of the most fantastic places. It can also be a really lonely time. And I think... Back when you were at drama school and, and finishing and, and carving your career out, we weren't talking about mental health. We weren't talking about how it feels to be isolated or lonely. And now we are. And I think there's a lot more awareness for young people and there's help out there. But back then, I, I get it. You wanted your parents around you. Yeah, no. And I think that as well, like when you're in a show at night, as well, we've got to remember is everyone is, as you're going to work, everyone else is coming home. So you were... You got parts in the swing, yeah. Um, but you were still going to auditions, weren't you, for, for telly yeah. as well? Yeah, which is where I really wanted to go, because at that time, um, it was just when they'd started reality television, and so at that time, really, to get lead parts, or even then, like, main parts in the West End, it was, they kind of was better to be on the television first and try and get your name on the TV, so I was really wanting, really, to get a part on the television. That was my main focus at that time. And obviously, I'm not, as I said before, my dancing is not my strongest point. So to be a swing, obviously, there were some things that I could do, but I couldn't have gone in and, like, you know, and done the background dancing and things like that. Mm. So I was limited as to what I could do. Mm. Your agent got you an audition for Footballers' Wives... My agent got me an audition for Bad Girls, and I had um, a couple of castings, actually, for parts in Bad Girls, but the casting director did like me, and when they came up with the concept for Footballers' Wives, she rung my agent and asked to see me for Footballers' Wives, so that's how I got the casting for that. It wasn't that she actually rung up my agent specifically to see me for that. And is this before or after you won a prize on this morning for the Inside that, Sofa Awards? Way before. <laughs> this is before. That's way before, yeah. So you don't get bad girls. You didn't get footballers' wives. No. But you did win a competition on this morning to go to the Inside Sofa Awards. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I did. Tell me what happened. I entered a competition to go to, and I won it for, um, this morning. And I managed to get myself at the inside sofa awards with all of the people, all of the executive producers, everyone, like the whole cast of like all the same. So I was just mingling around like I was actually there. And what was really funny is there was somebody actually from my drama school who was a couple of years above who was in Coronation Street at the time. And he was like, oh, Louisa, what are you in? And I was like, oh, I'm not really in anything. He was like, how have you got here? I asked him, I said, who's the executive producer of EastEnders? Is she here? 
And he went, yeah, she's over there. So I, I sort of like went up to her and I just said to her, look, I've always really, really wanted to be in EastEnders. Is there any chance that you would see me for, for EastEnders? And she went, yeah, no, I will. I will. We've got a workshop. So at this point, it all got a bit wrong. I was supposed to be in a, a production of Grease, like the tour of Grease with Matt Goss. Mm-hmm. And um, because my agent thought I was um, going to be in Footballers Wives, I, I didn't go to the rehearsal. So I completely mucked up. So my agent was not happy. So I had no agent at this point. So I made up an agent. I made my boyfriend at the time pretend he was my agent. <laughs> right. And I called it Clive Corner Associates. I don't even know where I got that from. <laughs> And I, I managed to get this this audition for EastEnders. And, like, for EastEnders, it, they're quite big in how they do it. It's like a big workshop thing. And I remember they're all there, like, with all their, like, top agents. And I remember them all going, so, hi, Louisa, and who's your agent? I just remember thinking, Clive Corner Associates. <laughs> and they all just looked at me, like, as if to say to their actors, how she got in here with that agent? Then it was very much like, if you weren't with the right agent, you didn't get to go for those kind of jobs. Mm. I mean, I don't know now because of self-tapes and things, whether they do it differently. But um, but you were still really young at this point, weren't you? And I was about 25, mm-hmm. 26. Yeah, it was quite a long time after that happened that I won that thing, yeah. So we did the workshop, and um, the guy that plays Max Branning was at the workshop, and he obviously got the part. But um, I went the part to play his wife. He said to me in the thing, Louisa, you've got to really, really believe you're going to do this. I've already seen myself on here. I am definitely going to be in this. That's what he actually said to me. So visualisation, that's what he was doing. You need to visualise yourself on that set because I was really nervous about it because it was obviously would have been a big thing to me. Well, yeah, understandably, massive. We did a few workshops. With these senders, they workshop you, they mix the family up and then they decided they're going to see you again, which they did. And I was workshopping with him. And obviously, he got in it and I didn't. At this point, you're, you know, mid-twenties. Are you growing a thick skin? If you're going to auditions and perhaps you're not getting them, do you just think, oh, water off a duck's back? Yeah, I think that one was... I think that when I didn't get that, I thought, that's it. And I think that um, I just felt that it's such a fine line, Shireen, between the people that make it and the people that, that don't make it. And I think that when I had that opportunity and I didn't get that, I was really upset about that. And I was really upset because I got so, so far. Mm. Um, and obviously after what had happened with Footballers Wise, you know, and it was, and, it, and even with the West End at the time, like people from Pop Idol and all of those programs, they were going to these reality shows and, and they were getting all the parts. Mm. So I just, yeah, so after EastEnders, I was really upset. I think that I didn't get it. But I think then I knew that really, I mean, I had no agent then either. And I just thought, I've had the chance. I've not got it. I need to think about what else I can do. And, and that's when I started um, setting up UK Film. While you're yeah. going to auditions as well, you've still got bills to pay. So you're still having to kind of work part time and figure out a way to just navigate all of this as well. I did come back to Southampton. So when I went to the EastEnders audition, I was living in Southampton at that point. I had a little youth theatre called Starlight Youth Theatre. So I was doing that. So I wasn't doing UK film, but I was doing like a drama group. And I was coming back and we were doing a lot of summer holiday workshops. So I was basically making a load of money in the summer holidays with kids doing like, you know, holiday workshops and childcare. So I was just doing like bits and pieces like that to kind of keep me going. But that obviously sowed the seed 
of having a drama school, a theatre school, a film school full time yeah. as to make a living. Yeah, no, and I think that as well, like, if I'm really honest, especially at the time when I was in those shows, and I was coming back and I was in the shows and doing the stuff, and I did feel more comfortable doing that, and I did feel happy with it. So I think that being an actress wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I think you've got to have more of an edge than I've got to really, really make it, because I just didn't have that inner confidence, and that is what drives me really with UK film is I do try and teach the kids to really, they have to really believe in themselves and they have to really believe that they're good because there's going to be so many people that are going to knock you that at that point, you know, it's all right, you know, Shereen, you saying that I was good at school or getting into drama school, but once you're in the West End, you're in that environment, everyone's good. Mm -hmm. So everyone's the same as you. And it's very easy if you haven't got that inner sort of like determination to think, well, you know, I'm, I'm not good enough, they're better than me, they're pretty than me, they're, they're better at singing than me, they're not as nervous as I am. So you, you, it's very easy to do that. So I, it's really important to me that the kids, whether they go on to be actors or not, that they are comfortable with, within themselves. That's lovely. That is really lovely. And you're helping them to hone that as well. Did you at any point think that you might audition for one of the reality shows or go on the cruise ships? I did actually go to go on a cruise ship, but then I got pregnant with my daughter, so I didn't. Do you know that? No. I didn't go, <laughs> I didn't go on it, but I no, so I, I never did anything like that. And I think that once I started doing UK film and I did that, don't get me wrong, I, I do sometimes think, oh, I'd love to be on the telly, I'd love to be in a TV programme. But I think once I started doing UK film and I... I started being successful with that. I started having kids that were doing things. I think I forgot about that. And I don't feel like the training that I have was wasted. Before we um, talk about that, you did get bit parts, didn't you? You were an extra on the British Empire. When I was a kid, yeah, yeah, yeah. When um, I was younger, I did loads of stuff. I was in Howard's Way. I loved it. And then, like, one of the other chaperones started complaining that it was too hot for the kids. She was going, oh, it's far too hot for the children to be filming. And I thought, oh, if you say this, we're going to have to go back to school. <laughs> and I was going, why are you saying that? And I remember thinking, I don't care if I pass out. I'd rather be here than be at school. <laughs> and I remember the British Empire because there was the explosion. But yeah, I loved it. I loved all of that. But I especially loved Howard's Way, I think, because I was really young then. And they let me go to the thing where they did the... Um, Simon, they did a thing at the Royal Victoria Country Park, oh. and the lady, Jan Harvey, let me come with her, and she said, oh, we can sign all the autographs, and I just remember being there with all those people and just loving it. Wow. Let's not forget you were in Showtime as well, weren't you, at the Mayflower? <laughs> Shireen, Shireen, you have had a better part than me at the Mayflower. <laughs> I've never got to the Mayflower. Yeah, I was in Showtime, and I did sing a solo. We made a little record. Do you remember that? I do, yeah. It was a charity record. And it was on Blue Peter. Yeah. And like, I remember I got my mum and dad to record it and like pause on the tiny bit that we could see me on Blue Peter. Like, yes, that is me on Blue Peter. You see, you made it. Right. So all of this life experience contributed to you then starting your own business yeah. and helping youngsters to, well, enjoy acting and being in the arts and helping them pursue careers. You've had your business now, it's changed names, but for about 15 years. Yeah. What's that like? It's, it's, 
it's interesting now because a lot of them, I mean, one of them and the lockdown has mucked it up. I've got a girl called Kelly Blackburn who now has a lead part in Doctors on the BBC soap. But because of lockdown, they sadly stopped the filming. So I've had a few, uh, one of mine as well, was in some murder mystery as well on Channel 5. So now I've had it for so long that I am beginning to get kids that are now on the television and getting quite successful, which is really nice, but I've had it for such a long time. And it's nice as well because the children do form uh, strong friendships there. And it's nice because you can see on Facebook that they're all still friends. I've got another boy that's in the... um, I did an Oscar night before the lockdown and he came and a lot of them come back and help me now with the younger kids, which is nice. But he's in the new James Bond film, Matt Prim. Wow. So he came and helped with the Oscar night. So, yeah, I've got a few that have now gone on to do, which is nice, which isn't isn't just what it's about. But it, it is nice when they kind of do you get to fulfill their dream. Absolutely. And do you have would you say there's an equal weighting between boys and girls? Um. I probably got more boys actually, Shireen. I think because I do television and film with them and not theatre, mm-hmm. I've got more boys and girls. And now we sort of, as it's developed, the model of the business has changed. Like I used to have, I used to do shows, used to do a bit of everything. Now I purely do television and film. And we do train the kids in the other side of the camera because a lot of them actually, and I learned this, went on to actually go to university and do like filmmaking, be editors, be camera crew, be the other side of the camera. So now the crew that I use for my films are crew that used to come to my class. So now we teach the filming side in the class as well, not just the acting. So that when they're in the older group, the children have the choice of doing acting or the filming, which is quite nice because it also makes it much more affordable for us to make the films because they're doing it within them, within themselves. And they're learn like you say, they're learning all aspects of the business. They're learning all aspects of the business. And me and Daniel are old and we're not that computer literate. And especially on this whole like now going on the online Zoom thing. <laughs> One of our students, because we're making a film now, we're making an online film. But really, we are now being led, sadly, by the kids in the class. <laughs> because they're more into it so how has lockdown affected business at the moment because obviously you can't be running the classes with the kids face to face so it's all turned online yeah it's all turned online I mean obviously this has affected me massively I mean we had like a huge Oscar night we've got three schools one in Lillington one in Southampton and one in Portsmouth I mean a lot of them have said they're going to come back a lot of them aren't comfortable going online so it has obviously massively affected my business. I have a very core, the loyal people we've got online and we're doing our films and that we're all still like carrying on. But drama, as you know, Shireen, or anything like that, really social distancing doesn't really mix with the arts because it's, it's, it's not what it's about. So, you know, you have to have contact. It's about human connections, it's about human contact. And that is what, what is lacking in the lockdown, isn't it? Absolutely. And are you missing going out and going to the theatre as well? Um... Yeah, I am missing going to the theatre, but I'm missing, I don't know, like that creative thing of just having, you know, having everyone together. And you can't gauge somebody's reaction the same over a screen as as you can. Like if someone's upset or they've got a problem, it's it's just not as easy to do. Mm. And I do miss going to the theatre and I do miss going to shows. Obviously, my business model, as you know, and you've come to them, I have a huge premiere for the kids. We all go in limousines, go on a red carpet. I mean, I don't know when we're going to be able to do that again, because obviously it's based on crowds of people. 
Mm. And that's what we're not allowed to do, isn't it? You know, it's all based on having loads of people outside the cinema, a big crowd for the kids, they come down the red carpet. And so all of that, none of that is there at the moment. But we are hoping that one day, if we ever get out of this situation, we have been making films and bits and pieces. And I would like to have a premiere at cinema to look back on that time. And that will be a very good day, I think, when everyone's actually able to get together. Don't you think that? Absolutely. I can't wait to go to the theatre again. For me, it's it's sad. It's just so strange, isn't it? It's just really strange time. And it's really, it's really sad. How are your kids telling you that they're feeling? I mean, at least with the Zoom classes that you're holding, that's something for your kids. We've been very creative with it. We've done like music videos and they're filming them themselves because a lot of them have got green screens. So we're now making a film using green screen and we're trying to have the kids together and it's like about them talking to each other on Skype. So we are now making a whole film like we would do in the summer which will be interesting. And we're going to try and put it all together. And they are quite engaged with that. And they are quite excited about doing that. For you, when you were at school, you said acting, theatre, drama, it was everything to you because you said yeah. yourself you weren't that academic. So there will be a lot of other youngsters like you that need this outlet of drama, of creativity, of filming to really give them some hope, to give them some aspiration for their future. What I would say is that the kids that really want to do it, I've spoken to them and they're kind of able to choose their own like education outlet. So if they want to be doing like films with me, they can do that. You know, and some of the mums like, oh, they're not doing their schoolwork, but they at least is given the opportunity to actually learn what they want to learn. And some of them have really, really engaged with it. And that, that might be why they don't like it back at school because they're actually able to do something that they feel good good about mm. even out of this like you know they have auditions on Skype they, they have to do self-tapes now there's a lot of stuff in America so I think the skills that they're learning through this lockdown and for me as well like I've learned so much about Zoom about Skype you know me and Daniel keep saying we need to get now a certificate saying that we're computer experts because before we we weren't doing things like that so I think it's important that everyone has something that they feel they're good at mm. whatever it is do you think you can spot talent or do you think it's something that can grow with a person and be nurtured and developed? Um, I think that, depends what you're talking about. With singing, I believe that you can either sing or you can't sing. And I would not tell a child that they could sing if they couldn't sing. I think acting is, is more, more complicated and more complex. I think that um, you can develop that talent. But I think that certain people... They have that spark, don't they? Like you had that, Shireen. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think certain people have that that spark or that energy, and I, I don't think you can teach that. I don't think you can teach that. If I'm honest, if you had to repeat your life again, would you go to drama school? No, probably not. No, I, I think that you spend a lot of money on it. You know that there's no guarantee that going to drama school that you're going to make it, and I think that. Because it, it, it's just because it's difficult to go in. There's that there's that feeling that because you've got in, when you come out, you're going to get a job. Especially you want to do like I think if you want to go in the West End. Probably I think that training and all of that kind of stuff is worth it because you do that three years. As I said, like a lot of people, I mean I don't know if you feel like that, but when the people aren't trained, they lose their voice. They're not they're not trained. But as far as television is concerned, I think if you can get the right agent, you can 
slowly do it. Like most of my students that have made it have done something else at university and I've recommended they do something else. So the guy that's in Merger Mysteries actually did economics at university because you've got that time to do it. And as I said, the television people, you've done stuff, Shereen, they don't care where you went to drama school. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're saying that you didn't get in, but if you look at you, what, what you've done compared to what I've done, like your show, The Mayflower, I'm proud of. Thank but, you. like, you know what I mean? Like, you're, when they're all at drama school, you're out there. Mm. So I think that it, it, it's, it's very different now. And what I try and do in my school is give them that basis, give them as much experience as, as possible and say to them, you need to get an agent, because that is a key. If, this might seem like a really bizarre question. I've always been fascinated at how actors learn lines. Is there a secret? No, I think that if it's on the emotion, you can. But I tell you something, I played Juliet in Romeo and Juliet at drama school, which is the most I've ever, ever had to learn in my life. And I remember at the time I had to learn that whole play thinking, I do not know how my brain is going to get this into, into my head. And I can still tell you now, or probably off by heart, those three main speeches, because they are so etched in my brain. <laughs> I, I find it quite easy to learn the lines, personally. Some people don't. And like with, with TV, it, you're only filming like seven or eight lines a day, so you're not probably having to learn so much. But if you're in a whole play, it's a, it is a lot to learn. Yeah, I don't know if I could do it now, I'm older, but yeah, I, I did spend hours doing it, but I am quite lucky that I can pick it up. But you pick it up, I think, by remembering the emotion. That's so interesting. I remember the phone number. So there's anything where there's ever a number in it, because I am dyslexic as far as numbers are concerned, I could never, ever remember any number in a script, which is interesting. And I always used to get the telephone number wrong every time. I did a play once. I had to recite the telephone number. Every night I'd be like, oh, the telephone number is. I just make it up because I could never remember it. But then you remember the whole thing. So I don't know. I think it's just something that you can either do or you can't do. But... Um, I can't remember number plates or anything like that. <laughs> or plain numbers. I'm not sure that that's something you're going to have to, to need yeah. a lot. You mentioned um, your dyslexia. Yeah. Do you feel that that has impacted how you felt at all, trying to get your big break or going through the auditions? I do think now that being dyslexic is a gift. And I certainly think that being dyslexic makes you more empathetic because I think it makes you understand when other people find things difficult. And I think certainly when I was younger, if you're quite bright and you can talk quite eloquently, I mean, now they know a lot more about it, but because at school I could chat, I was seemed quite intelligent in what I could say, I could learn the lines. I think that certain teachers, and even nowadays, certain people don't understand why you can't do things do you know what I mean and mm. I think that, that can make you feel not very confident because they could say why can't you do this why can't you do it and it's just not in, it's just not the way that your brain works but there's certain aspects like if you're like in if I've got loads of kids running right I can still focus mm. so and it, it depends like what you do as a job, like certainly at school. But when I went to drama school and they wanted you to just talk about plays, I seemed quite bright there. And that was probably the first time that I actually thought, actually, I'm not thick. But when you're doing it in a certain way, I live my life in a way now because I've got a career where being dyslexic, apart from when I'm trying to write on the Skype calls, I've got people that do that for me. I, I think that you, you learn to get other people to do things 
you also learn as well to work with other people, which I think people that are brighter sort of want to do everything themselves. And you kind of learn to let other people do things because you can't do them as well. At school, I certainly felt. But now I, I think that there's a lot of aspects to it that you wouldn't have if you didn't have that. Mm. I mean, Daniel, my business partner, we're both dyslexic. And the way we do things on the computer, we still do it in this like haphazard way. But we still get to the same conclusion. And I think when you're at school, there's a very much thing where everything has to be done in a certain way. And if you're not doing it in that way, don't fit into that box, you're open to be attacked. Mm. Because that's what I would say. I think you hit the nail on the head. The end point can be the same for everybody. It's just maybe how you get there is slightly different. Everyone has skills, don't they? Absolutely. And I think sometimes at school you can feel that, or certainly when we were at school, if you didn't get to that end point the quickest that you weren't the brightest or you didn't have the most to offer. And in actual fact, when it comes to life and life skills, that's not true. And it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. And I think that drama generally and like the theatre industry as a whole, it is like a family, isn't it? And it's Mm -hmm. like a certain type of people and we're all kind of the same. And like we might seem weird to everyone else. But when you're in that kind of like little bubble with my kids in that class and, you know, I've had loads of kids over the years and they're all in their groups. They might be having a hard time at school, but in that collective group, everyone is really accepting of each other. And I think that that is really important. And whether the kids make it or not, I think it's really important that they have somewhere where they feel that they're accepted and it doesn't matter. I think I think it's important that everyone is happy with who they are, really. Shireen, don't you? I agree. And I just wish I'd known that a couple of decades before. (laughs) It brings me on to my last two questions, because I know you've got to go and cook that roast. How do you relax? How do I relax? I don't really relax, Shireen, as you know. Walking my dog, Bentley. But at the moment, it's not very relaxing because of the lockdown. What dog have you got? What breed is he? He's a working Cocker Spaniel. Oh, lovely. He's a really good dog. It's very relaxing walking the dog on South Sea Seafront with the dog when I drop the kids at school. That seems a long way off. I just hope this is all over soon. My last question to you is, who's been your biggest influence? Who's been my biggest influence? Um, I know it sounds a bit weird, but my mum, probably. That doesn't sound weird at all. I thought you might say that. Go on. My mum is my biggest influence because I think my mum sacrificed a lot for me to be able to do stuff because she stayed at home and she was a really good mum. I sort of felt that I always wanted to do something myself. I didn't just want to be at home. And I I felt it was really important that I did well because she'd always sacrificed her life just to bring up me and my sister. Do you feel like that about your mum a bit? Yeah. Definitely. It's the person you look up to, isn't it? If you're lucky to still have your mum on this earth. Your mum is a formidable lady. I think we probably don't realise how much our parents did do for us until you get older. Until you're a mum yourself, you realise how difficult it was to kind of like, you know, give them everything that you want to give them. It's not easy. Thank you so much for chatting today. I really appreciate your time and all of your honesty I'm fitting it all in in between the roasts that you've got to go and cook now. Yeah, as a chef, <laughs> I have learned to cook in this lockdown. 
I must have cooked a million, a mi- like literally a million lockdown dinners. So I've got to go and do probably my millionth now. So see you later. That was the owner of UK Film Academy in the South, Louisa Hart. Don't forget to subscribe to future episodes from your preferred podcast provider and follow me on Twitter at Shireen Jordan and on Instagram at Shireen R. Jordan.